the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci of Fatucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Amazon begins reining in expenses and preserving cash as sales slow. Meanwhile, inflation remains a dominant driver of the market, signaling higher interest rates are here to stay. Welcome once again to this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that every single week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager and author, Pat Fitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, certainly interesting news and perhaps a bit revealing in terms of where things may be headed, at least in the short term, to hear that Amazon is beginning to cancel warehouse deals, put in place hiring freezes, and and essentially say, time to tighten the belt. And if it's happening to Amazon, you can certainly be guaranteed it must be happening to many businesses, major and minor, all across the country. Yeah, Craig, I think you're right. If you look at Amazon... They've now become the kind of the poster child for behavior that should be anticipated for the next 12 to 18 months. Their new CEO, Andy Jassy, is taking a clear pivoting turn going from a growth scenario to more looking at the bottom line. And so, as you mentioned in your comments, they are cutting in a radical way warehouse space, hiring issues. He took over in July of 2021. While the stock is down 33% for the year, it's worse since 2008. But it has shut down a lot of their other ancillary telehealth service, kind of a quirky video calling projector for kids. They shut down the brick-and-mortar chains, some new warehouse locations, drastically reduced to the size of a secretive skunk works lab called Grand Challenge. So... You know, besides hiring freeze, you look at their activities, and it's got to be parallel across America in a variety of industries, anticipating the inevitability of a fairly severe recession. I know politicians don't like to call it that, but when the markets are down 20 to 25 percent, that has historically been 
the definition of a, a recession. Even companies like Meta and Alphabet have been cutting costs, putting the brakes on spending, and literally laying people off. We haven't seen that for many, many years, especially in the high-tech world. But we're seeing a complete pivot, corporate America reacting to sensibilities of where companies need to look at their bottom line and the pragmatism of how to survive basically in the next 12, 18 months. We're seeing inflation. August was 0.8. September was 0.4. But it's still a significant item. Uh, oh, by the way, retirees are going to be happy with an 8.7% increase in the Social Security checks. That's the projection for January 1. It'll be the biggest in 41 years. Not that they don't need it because the cost of food and fuel real, real quick. So it's not that we're we're getting an increase to, to go on vacations. It's going to be offset by severely high inflation. And so we're looking at midterm election just a couple of scant weeks away and mostly on the minds of the voting electorate, from what I understand, is inflation and how to cope with increased costs. And employment is staying steady. It even unemployment numbers declined last month. But if the Federal Reserve has its way through Jerome Powell, his goal is to increase unemployment. And that is a signal that the economy is slowing. And so recently we had a decrease in the unemployment number. That kind of good news was literally bad news. So the Federal Reserve will continue to raise rates probably another three-quarters of a point this month and three-quarters of a point next month. So that's the good news, bad news issue that tends to be bad news for the overall economy. So we've got to look at the basic tenets of where this economy is going and what side of the fence are they on? Certainly long-term inflation is not going to be turned around next month or next quarter. It, these things take a long time to turn toward the corner. And if you're retired and you're taking withdrawals out of your retirement account, that tends to get pretty anxiety-prone because now you're taking withdrawals out of a fairly lower base compared to what you saw just six months ago. And so retirees can get stressed out never want to take out a withdrawal where the share price is, you know, 20, 25% lower than what it was six months ago. And so retirees sometimes tend to reduce their withdrawal rate if they can afford it until the markets come back and they start withdrawing at a higher share price. So it's a challenge for almost everybody. Rents have increased. If you're renting, rents have gone through the roof. Basic costs have gone up a lot. Landlords are trying to pass some of those increased costs onto um, their renters. So again, putting a pinch on uh, them as well. It is a good time to start thinking about year-end strategies where you want to do what's called tax law harvesting. So you want to look at your losses, look at your gains, try to anticipate what your profit and loss is going to be. And so that if you do have a gain and you do have a loss, you want to exercise those certainly before the end of the year and before we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas, it may be a kind of a calm before the storm to sit down and look at your projected gains and losses and do this tax law harvesting that we've chatted about. Look at the pragmatic reality of where your 1040 tax return may end up. And 
confer with your CPA as to what kind of moves you should anticipate making. We know there's a $3,000 maximum loss, but if you've got a gain and a loss, you've got a $50,000 loss and a $50,000 gain, you can offset those and clean up your balance sheet real quickly. So, again, a good time to start reflecting. I know it's early, but once Thanksgiving and Christmas comes, we tend to get really busy with all kinds of activities surrounding holiday season. By the way, if you've got a Roth or you want to anticipate converting to a Roth, your depressed values in your IRA accounts, again, this may be a, a consideration to convert some of your IRAs to Roth if you truly believe uh, your IRAs lost money and it's in a depressed value. The tax implications of converting a depressed IRA to a, a Roth are favorable. And so that may be something to talk to your financial advisor about. While Congress continues to look at some retirement rules called Secure 2.0, and the Senate proposals are still being worked out about changing required minimum dates to be allow retirees to exercise their RMDs later in life instead of 72. We're talking about 74, 75, 76. We don't know what that Secure 2.0 is going to look like when it finally gets passed, but the difference is still being worked out between the Senate and the House. Is that if you're in a required minimum age right now, 72 or older, it really doesn't affect you. You've got to exercise your required minimum withdrawals before the end of the year. If you don't exercise those rules properly, there's a 50, 50% penalty for not taking your required minimum distributions at the right time. So, again, we've got the S&P down more than 20% this year. Depending upon your need for cash, see this as a buying opportunity. If you don't need the money for one, three, five years from now, if you're in a systematic withdrawal period, it gets a little bit more painful. But if you've got a couple, three years, could be, in fact, a good buying time. If you're optimistic about which direction the political world is going in and what segment of the cycle we're in. We go through these correction cycles all the time, always come out of them. Not to say this one will be short or long. We never know how long this recession is going to last. But if you're the younger, this may be a good opportunity to get more aggressive. If you're in a 60-40 stock-to-bond scenario, you may want to consider moving it to 80-20. But if you're in an income scenario, you probably don't want to make too many moves and further exacerbate your loss by converting your paper loss to a real loss. So it, you're really in a very delicate position if you're retired and taking income. And so if you have any questions you'd like to visit with any of our financial advisory staff at any of our Bay Area offices, give us a call. We'd be glad to review your stock-to-bond ratio, your need for liquidity, and understand that delicate balance you're trying to achieve of Continue to pay your bills while not further eroding the principal in your portfolio. To take advantage of that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat spoke of just a moment ago, why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-PLAN-WISE. Easier still, you can schedule your appointment conveniently online by going to don'tinvestandforget.com. 
That's don'tinvestandforget.com. In addition to scheduling your appointment online, you'll also find a number of resources available through the Investor Education tab, including articles and topics such as what we've discussed today on the program. Again, that's don'tinvestandforget.com to get more information or to schedule your complimentary appointment in any of the Bay Area offices of Vitucci and Associates. Why not call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE? That's 888 888- P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Don't invest and forget dot com. Capitucci says don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Joining me in studio today is a good friend, Linda Hoff. Linda was a stay-at-home mom for 18 years who decided to jump back into the workforce at the young age of 42. She's here to talk today about her experiences and how it's possible for other women to do exactly what Linda has done. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Give us a little background on uh, all about Linda. Sometimes when I begin to tell my story, I feel like I was born 100 years ago, but not quite that long ago. Born in a large Catholic family, the seventh daughter. My father wanted sons, and he got only four sons and 12 girls. Wow. So yes, I grew up in a family of 16. It was a wonderful, idyllic, sort of bucolic life. We worked very hard as a team. We worked very young. It was very clear to all of us that working on the land meant there were visible um, rewards. And this was an actual working farm. This is a real farm. Absolutely. It was a dairy farm. We, we raised pigs and chickens in addition to a Holstein cattle. We raised all the crops that was required to support them, hay, oats, corn, And my dad taught all of us very young to get on the tractor, to do what we had to do. One of my my fondest memories as a a big family is we had cash crops as little girls. and We would raise strawberries, green beans, and cucumbers and pick them all summer, take them to the local factory down in Humbird, and uh, have cash for school clothes. It was a wonderful way to grow up, a lot of hard work. But at 18, I realized that I probably didn't want to marry a farmer. So (laughs) even though I loved the life as a child, I think it was very demanding. It's not an easy lifestyle, is it? It isn't. It's a healthy one. It is fun. We had lots of families in the area were large. People just had large families. And a lot of that was, I think, to have good help on the farm, as well as it was just the trend in in rural America. So you're a young woman and you say, okay, I'm 18, 19, 20 years old. And you say, I'm going to go west. Is that what you would decide? Go west, young woman. All right. <laughs> it was. We had some very good friends that we had met through our, uh, one of my older sisters. And they had moved to California the year before I graduated high school. Got to know them. And um, they said, why don't you come west? See what California is like. And I jumped at the chance. My mom was very supportive of it. I think she was. there was a little bit of vicarious living through me. She had married at 17 and was on the farm her whole life and was very supportive of me having an adventure. All of my older sisters at that time had stayed within the state, married high school sweethearts, married fairly young. So, so you were the rebel. I took the adventure. I wow. took the opportunity. Yeah. Good for you. It so you, you landed in downtown San Jose. You That's were just right. a young gal. That's right. And you started working in an office setting? or That's right. I worked for Pacific Telephone and Telegraph as a stenographer. How about that? And that was my and, – and it was a funny story, actually. When I got my first paycheck after two weeks on the job, I think I took a couple of weeks to get the work. And I remember looking at that paycheck thinking, oh, my gosh, I get paid for sitting in an air-conditioned office typing? <laughs> 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 Up until that, my whole life had been – 
work was definitely in my mind as physical work. It was a treat to have a job, to have a nice place to live, and lived with the family that I came out with and saved my money, found an apartment. And then some years later, you met your lifelong dream, John. He is my lifelong dream. We've been married 34 years. Another transplanted Midwesterner. He was from Kansas City, came to San Jose to seek his fortune as well, worked for IBM. We dated a few years, and I married fairly young, had three boys. All Um, recent graduates of college? They all went to four-year universities and graduated in four years. That was a very important goal, and we accomplished it, or rather they did. That's great. And so funding all that, both coming from Midwestern farming kinds of background, that gets into the values of how you reared your boys, I assume. Pat, I believe that's true. John wasn't from the dairy farm, but he was from Kansas City and certainly worked in the wheat fields as a young man. His family was also in agronomy. But yes, in fact, all of our boys had paper routes when they were young. The first at 11 years old, he passed that paper route for the Palo Alto Times down to his brothers. So for about seven or eight years, the Hoff family delivered the Palo Alto Times in Sunnyvale. They got up every weekend morning and they did it after school during the week. But that was a seven day a week job. And that was what we found a vehicle to instill our work ethic in our children was we wanted them to know the value of hard work, the commitment. And that was one thing in the city that we could find for them to do. You were a stay-at-home mom, so I assume you were involved in all the activities for the boys? I was. I jumped in feet first, beginning with cooperative nursery school in Cupertino when my eldest was three. Fabulous experience. I learned so much about parenting skills and wonderful women, some who are still friends today. So established a lot of great relationships through that. As the boys matured, got into PTA, Little League, I was a team mom. My husband was a coach. The boys were great Little League players. They played soccer. All three of them played baseball and soccer through high school. Mm. They were very good athletes. That helped them in their college applications. They were not only great students, but they were good athletes as well. So as they moved on to college, and you had, I think they went away to college, didn't they? They all went to the East Coast. They wanted an experience outside of California. And so Linda and John began to find a house getting quieter and quieter? Well, when the first went off to school, it was a private university. We looked at our college savings and gulped, <laughs> knew it would last a year or two, and had three sons to educate. We were very committed to that as parents, and that was certainly part of raising our children. So we looked at each other when our eldest applied and was accepted and said, okay, I think it's time for Linda to go back to work. I was very dedicated to part-time work. I was dedicated to what would make it work for our family. I was not ready to leave the home full-time because we still had two younger boys at at home. Having been an 18-year at-home mom, I had developed some skills in fundraising at the high school for the athletic boosters. My music teaching allowed me to get up and conduct 110 fifth graders in musicals. So I had a little bit of self-confidence built up that I didn't realize until I started looking for a job. And those skills are clearly transportable from kind of a volunteer environment to a work environment. Happily, I discovered that may be true. And my first job application was for American Airlines. I decided that I wanted to accumulate frequent flyers in order to fly our children home on vacations. So I thought, okay, the airlines make sense. Applied, got accepted, was all ready to start for work three days later at the San Jose airport, and American Airlines had a huge layoff. Mm -hmm. So having not even been starting the job that took care of that. Worked for one month in a real estate office, enjoyed it very much, but it was too restrictive. I needed to physically be there. And I knew in the back of my mind that there was a way to find work from home that was fulfilling, that produced some dollars for our family's needs. And I was committed to looking around 
to find that. That's how I started asking my friends. And a very good friend had a sister who owned her own company. And she said, you know what, Linda, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. Why don't you talk to my sister? It's a sales job. So I did. And it was in the promotional products industry. And she had a small women-owned company actually out of her garage. There were three women working for it. A little frightened about returning to the workforce, mainly because I had been away so long. Stay tuned. We're going to ask Linda about some of the things she did to establish herself into a wonderful business and continue to maintain the family support and having family values as the underpinnings that drove some of her decisions. Linda was a stay-at-home mom for 18 years. She reared three great sons, and she's been married to John for 34 years. Suddenly, the challenges of financially putting three young boys through college and wanting to contribute some value to her life. And I think Linda's story is so emblematic of where a lot of women are today. And by the way, sometimes there are stay-at-home dads that may be going through this as well. There's been a trend in the last 20 plus years where a dad may have been the stay-at-home spouse that raised the kids and now they may be off to college. This is certainly not to be sexist, but dads and moms certainly, moms are much more prevalent in this kind of empty nester scenario. Linda, I appreciate you telling us the story about how you got started and starting your own business basically in the distribution of promotional products. It wasn't my own business. I was on 100% commission. I worked for someone. But essentially it was because you, I had to... You weren't you weren't a W-2 employee. You didn't get I, paid an hourly rate. That's correct. Right? So you right. were kind of an independent distributor, if you will. That's right. I worked for promotional products distributorship, but I was charged with finding my clients. And you know how I did that, and I think a lot of women would naturally gravitate toward this solution, is when I decided that I was going to make a run for this... I made a list of every girlfriend and contact and social network that I had, and many of them from the Little League field from wherever, and called them and said, this is what I'm doing. I know your husband works at XYZ. I would love to chat with him or anyone that would be in a position to help me in marketing, purchasing. Please give me a contact. Let me talk to your husband. Go through him. And that was actually the best way for me because I did know quite a few people and I leveraged that experience and it worked very well for me. My After my first job with the local high school boosters club, I was able to secure a client who remains a client to this day, 15 years later. And it was through my girlfriend's husband right in the neighborhood. So I'm a firm believer in networking. You start with what you know and you build slowly. Many times there are no other choices. But you know, it's not all a bed of roses. I may have sounded like that earlier. There were lots of ups and downs. Sales jobs, commission sales jobs, full of peaks and valleys. And there would be times when I was riding high and things would go well and the inevitable peaks and valleys were definitely there. And I clearly remember one morning around 10 o'clock, I have to admit, I broke into tears. I wasn't on the phone. I was in my home office. No one was witnessing, but I did have to tell my husband that night. I was stressed. I actually said to myself, whatever made me think I could do this? I can't learn all this stuff. I'm in a position to know a little bit about a lot. I clearly remember this teary session thinking, whatever made me think I could do this? I'm not being a good mom. I'm not being a good wife. I'm not being a good friend. I'm not being a good daughter. And I'm a lousy employee right now. (laughs) And this is tough. I went through that more than once. But you get past that very quickly, fortunately. I, I sort of am... Definitely uh, more of an optimistic person. My feet hit the floor running and happily. So I want people to know that it's not all good and great. On another note, I wanted to add over the years that I noticed a change in John's and my relationship for the positive very much. And I finally concluded that part of it was due to the fact that I was lifting a financial burden from our family. He had been the sole provider for 18 years. 
it was a tremendous responsibility. And I think once I started contributing financially to our family's welfare, and it definitely was. I mean, every commission check, I went right to the bursar's office for years and years and years. And that was cool because that's how it was meant to be. But I noticed he was just lighter. uh, And I think inevitably that financial contribution made a difference. Let's give John some credit. Some men may find that an ego deflator. Some men, let's face it, would get their ego bruised because now they feel challenged or something. We have this ego thing that we're supposed to be, you know, the, the strongest, main breadwinner, the main, mm-hmm. the main breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And so we have to give John credit for applauding you and patting you on the back. He absolutely doesn't give a wit if I make three times more than he does. He's very confident in what he does. He's an excellent provider. He's an excellent uh, – what he does is software. That confidence breeds it in other people. So he was absolutely my best supporter. How about the boys? They were very good. They worked at college 10 hours a week. They came home every summer, had great summer jobs, working for an apartment complex, weeding, painting houses, Mm -hmm. whatever they could get. They worked very, very hard. And and again, I want to stress, I had to almost beg them to buy a pizza when they went back to college because we were so focused on making this a family effort that our boys were very aware of what we were doing to help them get through college debt-free. And they pooled every single nickel they made toward buying books or whatever whatever the family had decided that their summer earnings would go toward. So they would help me with jobs when I would get had a fulfillment, something that we could do as a family, put pens in a box or something. They would happily till midnight help yeah. me with that part of the job. So What's the message here, Linda, for other moms who are perhaps going through this? Maybe they're going to be empty nesters. Some kids are going off to school. Pretty easy to sit home and cry, men or or women, because your kids are gone now and they've been part of your life forever, it seems like. You know, I was very grateful that I had this job and this new career when my third son left home because I prepared myself that whole summer. He's going to be gone at empty nest. I know. I still cried for a week. Sure. And my poor husband said, well, I don't know what to, I don't know how to help you, dear. And I said, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. It's all a good thing. Everything, <laughs> it's a great reason. They're not married too young and having children too young. They're going off to get their education. The empty nest is a true, true feeling for women and I'm sure many men. I would prepare women for that. I would recommend that before they get there, they plan for that the year or two when their children are in high school, because it's a great hole in our lives. You are absolutely right. It fills our existence for many, many years. Well, there's no greater bond than a child and their mother. Certainly dads have a special relationship, but when those little munchkins go off to school, I can't say exactly, but knowing what my wife went through, and it's a moving time in your life that really gets down to the core of who you are. It's a big transition. And again, I was glad that I had the career in place when I was a complete empty nester. Each child leaving was difficult. It was a wrenching experience, no doubt about it. But when that third was really gone, even though I knew they were coming home for Christmas, I would recommend that even if women fill it with volunteer time or gradually, you know, for me, what worked was developing a home office, was gradually getting back into the workforce, was definitely being true to my skills and looking at what worked for me. And if they begin the process the last couple of years before they're faced with that, I believe they would be happier in the transition. Any questions, certainly give our number a call, one plan wise That's 1-888-PLANWISE. We do offer a financial health checkup 
We still are financial advisors. We hear a lot of these wonderful stories. And so if you have a story to tell, give us a call. Or if you'd like us to help you walk through some of your financial issues, please call our toll-free number, one 888 That's 1-888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or go to our website, yflradio.com. Linda, I've certainly enjoyed hearing your story again, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us today. It was a delight. Pat Petucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. All of us understand, I think, at some point as we're working through our career and eventually looking down the horizon toward retirement, that we need to be actively engaged. That means not just contributing on a routine basis to an IRA or a 401k, but also, as Pat always reminds us, not to invest and forget, meaning you need to actively manage those monies. But along the way, as we exercise that discipline, there are other types of mistakes that we can potentially make that could be extremely detrimental to not just our success at retirement planning, but eventually detrimental to our retirement. We take a few moments now to take a look at the 10 worst retirement planning mistakes to avoid as our host, 30-plus year money manager, Pat Fitucci, kind of unpack these 10 things to avoid. And Pat, it's not an exhaustive list per se, but it's a list that has more commonality with the way most Americans behave when it comes to their relationship with money than many perhaps might have surmised. Yeah, Craig, you're right. You know, we put more time and energy into planning our next vacation than planning our retirement. Okay, vacation's a couple weeks. Retirement could be a couple decades. And one of the things that we really specialize in when folks come in for that no obligation consultation, we literally create a roadmap to retirement. Writing down a plan is essential. And you would think, okay, it makes a lot of sense. But how many times have you taken the time for you and if you're married, your spouse to say, okay, what is my lifestyle going to look like? How is my health going to interact with that? And look at the debits and credits, look at the assets and liabilities and literally create a plan. And, and it sounds fundamental and it sounds basic, but unless you write it down, the old adage is you don't see that goal. You don't see that plan in place. You're just kind of haphazardly going down the road and hoping and praying you've done all the right things and you're going to have enough money. Do you have enough? How much is enough? And the answer is very different for all of us. What is our monthly nut? What is our, what are our plans? What are our aspirations? What are our legacy plans? Do we want to leave money to kids or do we want to let that last check bounce? So all those things, having a plan in place is really critical. So where are the wise choices? Let's talk about where do you invest? And it really comes down to your risk appetite. You ultra conservative, you nervous as heck about watching Wall Street and all its ups and downs, or are you really aggressive and you want to be in the latest dot com or you want to invest in a SPAC, a special purpose type of investment. It really comes down to your intestinal fortitude of putting up with that level of risk. And there are a whole host of different sectors from stock markets and bond markets and utility markets, real estate markets, overseas markets, emerging markets. You have a certain sector you're really comfortable with. You are a plumber and you really like the building industry. Okay, then that's your comfort level. You're a real estate broker. You're going to probably 
tilt your investment wisdom towards real estate. So it's really what you're comfortable with, but getting outside of the comfort zone, we think is real important to to diversify into different markets so that you have this ebb and flow of some sustainable kind of income throughout your lifetime. All right, let's talk about the bad news, taxing. We're going to get taxed on some gains. We're going to get taxed on income. We're going to get taxed at the estate level. What have you done to look at the tax implications of what you're doing? There's tax-free, tax-deferred, and taxable. What combination of those three things works best for you? And the answer is, it depends on your marginal tax bracket. So your marginal tax bracket will dictate what proportion of your money should be in taxable, tax-free, tax-deferred. You're going to pay Uncle Sam because we live in a great country. You're going to pay for services. And how much of your hard-earned money are you going to have to fork over to Uncle Sam Therein lies that deft touch of creating a tax-optimal plan for you and your family so that you give your fair share, but you use every legitimate tax rule in the country to your favor. And failure to do that, shame on you for giving up too much to Uncle Sam. So again, tax prudence is real important. Please let me emphasize that tax professionals are not a part of Vitucci and Associates staff, but we refer to professionals versed in those disciplines. How about health issues? We've talked about all the good stuff and life is going to be great when I retire. The reality of it is some of us will have health issues. How does that affect your portfolio? Certainly if you're over 65, 65 or over, you're going to enjoy Medicare. Medicare is a great system, pretty much takes care of most of your health costs. There's a confusion that some people actually think if I get subject to a nursing home or if I need in-home care, a nurse or somebody to help me bathe or dress, that Medicare is going to cover that. Not true. Long-term care plans, you just mention the word and people run the other way. Oh my gosh, if I buy it, I'm going to probably need it. Obviously, that's not true, but the cost of an average nursing home in California today is over $9,000 a month. And if you or your spouse or God forbid, both of you needed long-term care confinement, think of how quickly that can erode even a healthy portfolio. So we always talk about, let's get a quote for that nursing home care, which includes nursing home confinement, medical care in the home by a registered nurse or LVN, licensed vocational nurse, or even just help with bathing and dressing. The bathing and dressing people who come in and help you with some of the basic things in life, they're $25, $35 per hour. So really we need to give some real cautionary advice to look at the healthcare and potential long-term care exposure. We know the social security system is has been kind of the backbone of a lot of our retirement plans. And so the big question is, do you take it at 62? Do you wait till full retirement age, 65, 66 and X months, all depending on your age? Or should you wait from 65, 66 to 70? Every year you wait from that year forward, your income goes up guaranteed 8% a year. It's 8% return. That's pretty cool to enjoy that benefit and get a guaranteed 
upgrade of 8% a year. So if you can afford it, if you love what you do, your health is good, certainly you want to wait until age 70. Any questions, call us personally at 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or go to our website, don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci & Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci & Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci & Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.